0: hey there today we are joined by a legend really in the uh, podcasting community Dave Jackson and I know he's a legend because I was at podcast movement and I witnessed Dave Jackson being inducted into the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame now Dave has been around for a long time and if anyone is thinking about starting a podcast obvious resource would be let's go find a podcast about podcasting and Dave I would say are you the original or the second one to create that
1: it's a bit of a controversy if you say die hard how to podcast podcast I was the first okay but Rob Walsh was talking before I was on podcast 411 about pod he was he was kind of the inside the actor studio interviewing other podcasters who often then talked about their podcast So mine was strictly like, here's how to do it. Rob's was more like, let's get to know the podcaster. But in doing so, you then learned how they did it. So it's, Uh, Rob's my boss. So I just give him, hey, Rob takes number one then. That's fine.
0: (laughs) Okay. So over time though, you just got the band together and hooked up with Rob. Now you work at Libsyn. So it doesn't really matter. You both can take credit. And And both are Hall of Famers, right? Both are Hall of Famers. Yeah. Now that kind of leads into a, A question I have, because you are a bit of a celebrity in the podcasting world, but then there's the rest of the world. And I was wondering how that felt in a way to be at a conference and be like, Oh my God, it's Dave Jackson. And then you walk out of the building and it's like, who it's, it's a little weird
1: because I still feel like I'm the guy next to the water heater in the basement, even though now I'm in the spare bedroom, you know, it's, and I'm just me, it's kind of, uh, it, on one hand, it's very humbling, very, very, very humbling when somebody comes up and goes, hey, do you remember back on episode 100 when you said this? Because I quote that in my classes all the time, and I'm like, I don't remember what I had for breakfast, let alone what I said back in, you know, 2009. It's, it's and again, it, not to blow that off, that's, that's when I'm like, holy cow, this microphone has power because I'm just talking because I want to help people and somebody will come up and oh i did this or i saw that and so that's that's always a little you know mind-boggling but i do the same thing i mean there are people that i've met that i'm like oh my gosh that's pat flynn or oh my gosh it's you know i'm in an elevator with john lee dumas or you know so <laughs> uh that's always fun and i realize that that that's just part of it and and then when i find somebody who's actually a listener i'm like oh this is awesome and then i'm just going to quiz you to death like what do you like about my show what do you hate about my show and
2: How
0: can I make it better? Do you feel any uh, nervousness or or responsibility, though? Because you kind of are an authority figure now, and in a way that's doubly impactful because you represent a media hosting company and you represent a uh, high-level training person.
1: Well, I would back up because I would say, yes, I work for Libsyn, but if you want to listen to the official Libsyn podcast, that's the feed when I'm doing the School of Podcasting, why I work for Lipson, I mean, I'm going to do an episode in a couple of weeks where I'm interviewing Danny Pena and he says very nice things about our competition. I don't think you would hear that on the feed, but you're going to hear it on the School of Podcasting. So it is, I, and I always try to, it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse. I love working for Lipson. It's like one of my best jobs ever. But on the other hand, nobody believes half the stuff I say anymore. Like if I say something negative about another podcast media host, people go, oh, of course you say that because you work for Libsyn." And I'm like, I was a customer of Lipson for 10 years before I worked for them. So that's, uh, that's something that is kind of a, a negative side effect. But I understand why people think that. And that's why what I try to do, and, and this is to kind of also answer your question in terms of like my responsibility. I want people to question me. I want people to go, hey, you said this. Why are you saying that? Because to get my hey, you work for Libsyn thing out of, I can say, here are the facts. Here's what I found. And then I'm also, I always have to be open to like, do you have more facts that I can look at? Because I've, you know, I've, I've been wrong before and I'm sure I will do it again. So that's kind of how I address that is I always try to bring facts and, and, and back things up that way. But it, if I think too much about the responsibility, it will freak me out. Uh, when I first got told by Gary Leland, hey, we're inducting you into the Hall of Fame, the next episode I went to record, it took four times because I would record something and I'm like, okay, is that Hall of Fame material? And I'm like, no, no, it's not. And I record something else and maybe you going to do with it? Is that. And so finally I was like, wait a minute, this is really messing with my head. And I was like, why did they bring you in? I'm like, what, what is quote Dave Jackson? You know, which again is you're totally inside your head. And I'm like, okay, according to what other people say, I'm, I'm entertaining and educational and I'm, I'm somewhat fun. So let's look at what you're doing. Okay, you are I was doing all sorts of weird things and just going way back into the woods and pulling up clips from 2006. And I'm like, wait, hold on. What am I trying to say here? Okay, this is what I'm trying to say. What points am I going to make that reinforce that main point and do that and just be you? And so it, it took a while to kind of get my head around it. But it it's still, you know, I, when I go to picnics now, my brother will be like, oh, there's my Hall of Fame brother. And I'm like, all right, easy, <laughs> chill. You know, I'm still me.
0: That's actually an interesting um, point. You may have, you know, inadvertently re-experienced the same feeling you had when you started the podcast, right?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I remember I, I had people. I was doing a newsletter for musicians, and I was going to start this podcast because I'd already kind of converted it to. It was audio on the internet, but it actually technically wasn't a podcast. Nobody could subscribe to it yet, and I was already mm-hmm. seeing benefits of doing that. And but that meant in a way, you know, hey, I'm going to launch this music-based thing. Well, there was already a guy named Bob Baker, and he is the godfather of music marketing, which technically was going to make me competition for Bob Barker. Yeah, I'm sorry. Bob Barker's the guy on The Price is Right. Bob Baker. (laughs) Bob Barker did not have a music podcast. And so I I started this, and one of my first guests was Bob Baker. And I asked him, I go, how did you, like, become such a guru? And he goes, oh, I'm I'm not a guru. He goes, I just, I worked at a magazine. I'm a musician. I just kind of you're you're a guru and started and I was like okay well in that case I guess I'm a podcasting guru so we'll, we'll kind of go from there but yeah uh, a lot of people battle with that you know who would listen to me you know what's uh, uh, people are going to say negative things about me or they're going to be judged I had somebody this weekend I, I don't know people are going to judge me and I go I, I, I got, got news for you when you're like the second person in line at the grocery store the third person and the fourth person in line are judging you they're looking at how many things are in your cart and <laughs> you know, like you get judged everywhere you go. So if you're trying to find uh, a judge-free zone, you know, podcasting is uh, is not it. It there, there could that's be right. worse. You could go to YouTube. That's that's brutal from my understanding.
0: <laughs> that's kind of weird. I've always um, sort of felt the opposite. Part of my second life is I'm a runner mm-hmm. and I, I'm a coach and can help people. And, and people, especially when they're heavy, I, I was extremely heavy and lost a lot of weight they're very concerned about going out and running or, or exercising that they're going to look stupid or, or they're not that proper skinny little runner, things like yeah. that. But honestly, you probably go by and drive by runners and cyclists all the time. And can you tell me anything about them? No,
1: no, that's the whole thing. Nobody's you you, know, you're right. And in fact, know, for me, if I saw somebody doing that, I'd be like more power to you, buddy. Cause I, I you know, it's, it's not, easy for somebody that's a bigger size to do that and i do the same thing when i go to the gym if i see somebody who's like all right cool because i realize that they are battling that mental problem and uh they're here and you know a lot of people don't won't make it past that so but yeah it's it's one of those things that somebody might look for a second and go "Ooh, there's a there's a big boy and then they're back to the radio or whatever's going on in the car
0: i'm (laughs) usually like god i wish i wasn't driving to work i'd be out there running
1: yeah yeah that's true. We all have different we all have different thoughts that pop in and then pop right back out, so it's not a huge deal.
0: It's also interesting you were talking about um being a guru or having authority, and I kind of went through that um in the early oddies. I was teaching at the University of Arizona, extended U, and I wound up teaching twenty seven subjects over a year. Wow, and truthfully, that's a challenge and yeah. I believe you used to teach Microsoft classes.
1: Yeah, I taught a lot of Microsoft Office and QuickBooks and time management and customer service and all those fun-filled things. But each each topic, like Microsoft Excel, was four different classes. So sure, it was a fun-filled, uh, stable of stuff. And and that's where uh, I remember once I was not – everything else I used, but I didn't use Microsoft Access, which is this database program. I can't stand Access. I, you and me both. And uh, I told my boss, I said, I don't know if I'm ready to teach this advanced class. And he goes, well, just remember, you just have to know this much more than your students because exactly. you don't have to be this access, you know, guru just can whiz bang, you know, whatever. I'm like, all right. I said, I'm just worried they're going to ask you a question. He goes, do they ever really ask you a question? <laughs> it? And he goes, and if it
0: is, you just write it on the board and, you know, you'll figure it out later. So, and actually, um, could it also be said that you're, um, more approachable, because you're only slightly ahead, so you remember, oh, yeah, I was struggling with that just yesterday, not 10 years ago, where I can't even remember the entry-level stuff.
1: It could be. I mean, uh, tomorrow I'm going, I, I host a Northeast Ohio uh, podcasters meetup, and that's half mm-hmm. the reason I do that, is to remember what it's like to start a podcast from stra- scratch. And people make fun because I start podcasts all the time, and that's half the reason I do that. It's like, oh, I launched it, and I've got 18 downloads. Oh yeah. I remember this. You know, it's like, you don't, <laughs> don't always start off with, Hey, look, I got $500. Downloads. No, you have 12, you know, and maybe 13, if you can get your cousin to listen. So, uh, yeah, I think it's always a good thing to remember kind of where you came from and keep that fresh And that way. You just, like
0: you said, I guess that makes you more approachable. That's cool. And uh, you probably get some fun out of that too, because oh, yeah. I, I imagine, um, you're, generating new material for teaching too. Every time you're running into an issue with a new podcast, um, that could be an episode of Skull of Podcasting.
1: Yeah, that's it. I, I always try to kind of be the crash test dummy of, of podcasting. I, uh, the last time there was another media host that came on board and I, some I had like three people like, what do you think of this one? And I'm like, Ugh, here's another one. And cause they just pop up. They're like CVS and Walgreens. Every time you turn around, there's a new one. And, um, so I grabbed an old diary I had from when I was in a, a in a country band. And it actually had mm-hmm. some interesting stories. And so I just, you know, I read the thing, tried to make it sound like I wasn't reading and put it out there. And I'm amazed at how many people have followed me over from the school of podcasting. And they're like, these are hilarious, you know? And, uh but again, it's getting nowhere near, it's a, a very, very, very niche podcast. <laughs> uh And, you know, it's like, all right, well, let's throw it up here and see what happens. What's the worst could happen, you know? So,
0: well, you've said something in the past, and um, I, I always love these things where you have the same sentence, and it's the good news and the bad news. Mm. And you've done the whole, the good news, anybody can start a podcast. The bad news, anybody can start a podcast. That's it. Uh, do you find, and maybe I'm overly sensitive, that podcasting we're, it's struggling to really, really grow completely and, and catch fire because there is a bit of a, a Wayne's World basic access cable reputation with some podcasts.
1: Yeah, I, it's, I mean, on one hand, we're growing about 3% a year. And I'm sure right now radio would love to grow 3% a year or newspapers or libraries or anything else that's kind of old school media. And not that those are going to go away. But I I think people look at YouTube, which had like 19, I think, million people after the first year. Mm-hmm. And they want that giant growth. And it's like, well, we were, we were set to do that. And then this thing that was a podcast, um, it was kind of a, before iTunes, there was a thing called Odeo. And it was mm-hmm. this really popular podcast directory. And then when Apple came on board, they went away. Well, on Odeo, you could follow each podcaster and kind of be notified when they had a new podcast came out. So they went away, and then they came back, and uh, they named themselves Twitter. Twitter. Yep. Yeah. And so that kind of took a little bit of the, like, the, everybody was like, hey, podcasting is next Oh, Ooh, Twitter. Oh, look at this over here. And I always wonder, like, <laughs> if that hadn't come up, would we have grown a little faster? Cause that really took a lot of the, the, uh, spotlight away. Uh, but I, I do hear a lot of, see, I hate to say bad because it's people's art, but I just, to me, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with three guys getting together that uh, grew up in high school and they just want to connect online and talk to each other and see what's up. It's it's kind of their time to, to be in the man cave and sure, and, sure. and chill out. I'm just not sure their expectations of how entertaining it is to listen to that when they're saying, remember the time when you did the thing with the tire, you know, and the guy's mm-hmm. like the tire, I forgot about the tire. Oh my God. The tire. And your audience is going, I have no idea what they're talking about. And I'm like, that's where I kind of go. Or I, I hear people I heard one uh, a couple weeks ago. It was uh, about uh, paranormal stuff. And the guy oh. said, so uh, I understand that uh, you were going to do this thing with the ghost this week. And the guy said, oh, no, I didn't. And I was like, oh, all right, well, are we going to do the thing with the what you call it? N- no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is not a bad conversation to have. You, it's the one you have before you press record. So that's <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that, uh, and I think what it leads people to say, which is not true is you hear people say over and over, there's a discovery problem. And there's not a discovery problem. Uh, We proved this uh, Saturday. We did a quick thing where somebody said, how is somebody in Iowa going to find a show about knitting? And I went, I don't know. You go to Google. I'll go to Apple Podcasts. See if we can find a show on knitting. And we found many of them. I think what people need to rephrase that is sometimes it's hard to discover a good podcast.
0: I, I worry about that reputation too because, for example, celebrities, are jumping into the game their publishers are saying you've got to do a podcast everybody's doing podcasts now they're huge so then a celebrity will come on and kind of do a half-ass podcast they really are not invested they really don't care they're just doing it because they're told to and the show kind of sucks and then people will criticize them say um you know your show kind of sucks and they'll hear back oh yeah it's just a podcast though it's not the real (laughs) art of this celebrity it's not the real material
1: yeah, I'm with you on that. I think, I never heard it, but I always wanted to hear, Kathy Lee Gifford had a podcast for a while before she was on the Today Show. Oh, and I was like, I would have loved to uh, heard that. And I think in some cases they don't get what it is. Like, my favorite was, I don't know if it's still going or not, but Andrew Dice Clay had one for a while. He was a big Howard Stern fan. Mm-hmm. And he would reset like he was on radio. Like, he'd be like 10 minutes in, he's like, alright, you're listening to the Dice, man! We're doing the thing! And they're like, Okay, Dice, we, you know, I I didn't fast forward. I heard you the first time, you know, 10 minutes later. All right, you're listening to the Dice Show. And I'm like, okay. He's, I'm like, he thinks he's on the radio. Like, you know, people are tuning in and out. So that's when I was like, yeah, that's, uh, and consequently, I tuned out after a while.
0: It's kind of. <laughs> or how about the uh, be right back? Oh. And then they continue. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Be right back. What? You left? You, what? You went to the bathroom? We're, we're running continuous.
1: Yeah. Or you, you like, hold on a second. Somebody's at the door. Okay. I'm back. And I'm like, you couldn't have just like <laughs> cut that whole thing out. You know, I wouldn't have known that somebody would come to the door, except you told me, uh, I did hear somebody once that went to the door, uh, got the package signed for it and came back and said, okay, I'm back. And then left that whole minute and a half in the show. Like there was a minute and a half of just going, I wonder what happened to bill. And you hear this, you know, in the background or whatever, you know, and you're like, Okay, I guess I'll, he'll come back eventually. Yeah, so that's, that's the stuff. And God bless Steve Jobs, of course, when he first introduced podcasting. He said something like, I forget how he actually, but he used the word amateur hour. And I'm like, oh, Steve, come on, buddy. <laughs> so, and consequently, I think some people still feel that way.
0: Yeah, and I think the Edison numbers that they were sharing, I think it was Edison, yeah. um, bore that out. And I was troubled by some of it because I saw, what was it, like 68% of people were familiar with what a podcast was. And of that, 40% actually listened to one in a month.
1: Yeah, what's scary, if you keep going down, it's like 40% listen on a month, X amount listen, blah, 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 and 17% listen weekly. And I'm like, that's not good. We, we're going from 68% have heard it, and we only captured 17% of that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, so I'm always like, we need to focus on that 83%. And I'm starting to hear that there are some studies coming out and people asking like, well, why aren't you listening? Like, well, I'm I'm not really like, what's, what's the reason? Like, what am I missing? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hmm, that's interesting. So that's, that's something I would love to see. I don't know what the, the solution for that is really, but I would love to see maybe all the podcast hosts band together, sing Kumbaya and then pay for one ad somewhere or a billboard Hmm. or something that just, you know, let's get together and make a website that's got podcasts or something like that.com that teaches people, you know, Hey, here's, here's how you listen to one search for your favorite topic and hit play. And then we'll all just cross our fingers that it's not, you know, the three
0: guys, one brain show talking about the tire. Yeah. That would help a lot. um, Because I I do feel that the perception is really damaging and it's not helping. And I'm hoping It can break out. Uh, I interviewed uh, James Cridlin of Pod News recently. Great guy. Really smart guy. He pointed out something I had never thought of, but I was like, wow. Part of our problem is um, an identity crisis of what exactly we even are and where we line up. We keep comparing to radio, but he pointed out that actually, if you want to look at a good analogy, go to a bookstore Mm. that – The categories and podcasts line up very well with a bookstore or a library. You have biographical, you have memoir, you have um, self help, self help, self help, and all these different categories. So I'm I'm wondering if maybe a realignment on the uh, message or or what a a podcast is will help.
1: That's a great point because radio, they always try to have something. I, I, you know, it's broadcasting. So you'll have, you know, whatever, they'll have a news part and they talk about money and politics and and whatever, and then they go into music or whatever it is. And yeah, it's kind of narrow casting because it's a rock station or a country station, Mm -hmm. but it's still, they're trying to reach a broader audience where with podcasting, you've got chameleon breeding, pygmy pig racing, you know, these, these things that, um, special mouse was a podcast I worked with and her podcast was all. About taking people with special needs to amusement parks,
0: oh cool, you know,
1: and when people found that show, it was moms are like, I thought I was the only one going through this, so she had a super loyal audience, but it was never above a thousand downloads of you know a, an episode, but it was when people found that, they're like, oh my gosh, this is, this was made for me, and so you're right though, I, I think that's a good point because we are kind of usually, typically niche, and then when you try to kind of be everything to everybody. Sometimes those podcasts don't work.
0: Yeah, and you also brought up a thousand downloads. That's those are strong numbers. Those are huge numbers.
1: I always I hate to hear somebody go, "I only have three hundred downloads." Because my background again is in training, so I divide that by you know twenty, and I'm like, "Wait, that, I think it's fifteen classrooms, if I remember right, or something like that." Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, in a world of AM/FM satellite radio, Hulu, Netflix, you know, cable TV et cetera, et cetera, Xbox, PlayStation, you've got 300 people who can unsubscribe from you with one swipe and they're choosing to listen to you. You know, there is no spam in podcasting. You're listening because you chose to. And if you actually were in front of 300 people, that's a pretty big crowd. So don't, uh, don't underestimate that. And, and then just make sure they know how to tell their friends and make sure it's easy to subscribe and that whole nine yards.
0: And hopefully they'll go tell somebody actually that's what i need to do is set up a posse to go to everybody's phone when they're not looking go into apple Podcasts real quick because subscribe to my show that's it <laughs> I, when i uh right before i went to podcast movement uh
2: my
1: brother had a birthday and we had this kind of cookout thing and i walked over and there were a bunch of my cousins and they're they're like oh there's mr hall of fame guy and i'm like all right easy easy and so finally my one cousin said all right i'm going to ask the question that somebody should ask a long time i and i go what and she goes "What the heck is a podcast she goes, we talk about them all the time. And I go, do you have an iPhone? And I go, yeah. My other cousin goes, I got one. I got one. I'm like, okay, cool. Everybody, you know, look for this purple icon. I just did a little demonstration. And mm-hmm. that's where, if I had more time, I would love to like go to, I don't know, a T-Mobile, uh, Verizon, uh, obviously an Apple store would be a great place and just say, hey, can we set up, like I'll, I'll bring the signage, but can we have a thing like Podcasting 101 and I'll do it in the store and we can have a time to, you know, just do a quick demonstration or set up at the local library because we need, we need more listeners. That's really, the, people say, what does podcasting need? You know, we have a discovery problem. No, we don't. We, we have a, we need more listener problem at this
0: point. That's a great idea. Actually. Um, my, my wife is the library director at Lane ah, nice. Air Force Base. So, Hmm. I'll, I'll have to look into that. I, I don't think she's as into them. She sees them. I don't know if she sees them as competition for books could but be that that's another uh, issue i guess is yeah uh, a benefit to podcasts is you they're the ultimate multitasking entertainment medium um i can mow the lawn and listen things like that i i can't do that with youtube videos no i can't
1: dri- i can't drive and watch youtube you know can't uh it just it requires typically a video requires me to watch and so you know i can't watch and wash the dishes i can't watch and vacuum or whatever i'm doing or you know i i can maybe uh but then if i'm walking around i I don't have unlimited data i have five gigs so i can download all my podcasts on wi-fi and then walk around the neighborhood and listen all night long youtube i need that you know i guess i could go youtube red so i could download the video on wi-fi and then watch
0: it but uh, it's not quite as easy that was a question i had for you actually um what's on your playlist now because you have to listen to hundreds
1: yeah, it's um, most of them are about podcasting. I mean that's my that's my bread and butter. Uh but I'm I'm looking here as I pull up overcast and this is because I spent four hours on a car yesterday, I'm just now under a hundred downloads or a hundred episodes to listen to. So it's it's right. ninety one. Um but I have tons on podcast if you do a podcast about podcasting, I'm probably listening to it. Um I have some shows um uh about church and churchy stuff. I have a whole playlist now about books because I'm in the process of rewriting a book. I have uh, a couple on health. I have a ton on marketing. And uh, and then I've just got, you know, radio labs in there. Radio. I have a couple that are like, uh, I don't know what you would call, I just have storytelling, which is mm-hmm. what I consider radio lab. So, but I have a ton and I'm getting better, like especially with a podcast about podcasting, a lot of times without sounding like a complete, weenie they're talking about stuff they already know and so sure. I, I can usually tell in like five minutes if they're talking about your top microphone i'm just listening to hear if they say blue yeti so i can throw up in my mouth a little bit and, oh. and then <laughs> and then swipe left and delete it so um i don't listen to all of them every single minute but some of them i do
0: actually i've heard you say throw up in your mouth a little bit with uh new, new and noteworthy. Noteworthy.
1: yeah uh i've had people that have uh literally Again, they'll say, I'm only getting 300 downloads. And I'm like, that's awesome. And they're like, yeah, but I never made it into new and noteworthy. And they're like, and they literally, I, I cannot talk them out of it. They will stop, they will delete their show, delete everything they've done, maybe use the same art, artwork, and they will relaunch their show. And I'm wow. like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So,
0: but I, I, not to be bitter, but I don't really believe in new and noteworthy anyway, yeah. because they have shows that have pod faded in 2016 in there. Yeah, they uh, I don't know how that happened. A,
1: a friend of mine does a WordPress show called WordPress Plugins A to Z and he was number 2 for years because what happens, part of that algorithm is it's the total number of downloads ever and then the other part of it is total number of subscribers within a certain time period. Well, if you did a show back in I don't know 2008 and there was no other WordPress shows, you have a huge number of downloads cuz you are you're the Milton Berle of podcasting. There's you're the only person <laughs> to, to listen to. So they had a huge number of total number of downloads and it took them forever to finally bypass that to where they had more subscribers and more downloads. I'm not sure exactly what the algorithm is, but that's, I've had people say that they're like, wait, the top three are people that don't even produce shows anymore. I'm like, yeah, but they did. And that's part of the algorithm. And that's where I'm with you. New and noteworthy is, is just not a great thing uh it's been broken for a while i keep hearing people say i don't even look at it to see if it's broken i've heard james cridlin mention that it's been kind of showing the same stuff and the whole Mm -hmm. point of it from apple is they wanted it to change they didn't want it to be like a top 20 thing where it never changed and it's always just kind of been that way and so i was just tell people that you know if it happens it happens it's great if you really want to see yourself in in you know the top of new and noteworthy there's a thing called photoshop i can take care of that you know really easy (laughs) Yeah, it's because that's the other thing. It's like if you say, oh, yeah, I was number one, a new and noteworthy. Is, is there a way to go back and historically check that? No. You know, so it's kind of like and then uh Libson had a show. It was called Thanks Podcasting. And it was all these people talking about things that they have done um, because of their show. Hmm. And we were not in at the top of new and noteworthy. We're on the front page of iTunes. Like you opened it up and one of those rectangle things at the top Mm -hmm. and Elsie Escobar said that maybe after a a week, you know, a couple hundred downloads. So you would think it'd be like 10,000 downloads. And it was like, now that might've been because it was a podcast about podcasting. So again, you're going to have kind of a niche off, but I've, I've had people that have had much more broader topics that, you know, got 32 more downloads because they were new and noteworthy. So I always just say it's, it's a great place to visit, but please don't make that your goal because it's it's just not, at least from what I've seen,
0: not a, a huge boost. Have you seen, um, James Cridlin again brought this up, um, and I've actually been offered the services, um, charts being gamed in iTunes.
1: Yeah, I, there was a guy that approached me on LinkedIn, and I, I took a screenshot of his thing and saying how he could, you know, get me into the top 10, and I just took a screenshot of it, put it on Facebook, and I said, this is one of the douchebags that's ruining podcasting because – it's just, number one, they were paying, I forget what it was, James had a thing, I think it was like four or $5,000 to get you up there, and I just always go, you know, please name me Season eight's, uh winner of American Idol, and most people go, um, unless it's Kelly Clarkson or the other, uh, forget the other blonde singer, I forget her name, again, proving right. the point even more, um, <laughs> just because you get to the top of the charts doesn't mean you're going to stay there. You have to have the talent to, uh, and that's where I would say, you know, John Lee Dumas uh, or, or even Cliff Ravenscrafts, a friend of mine. Cliff got really lucky. He did a, a show about Lost and then CBS started a show like two weeks later about the TV show Lost. So when people, so CBS is like, hey, find our new Lost podcast and people went and searched <laughs> and they find Cliff Ravenscraft. Well, you still have to have the talent to entertain people and keep them coming back. So when you have people run you up the charts, you know, I, uh, Rob Walsh from Lipson has a great example. He talks about the Lone Ranger from uh, back in, the, I don't know what year it was, but it had Johnny Depp in it. And I mean, we had we had Happy Meals. We had the whole, the toys, everything. And it lost hundreds of millions of dollars. It, spent, it took a ton to make it and it lost a ton. And then you look at a, a, pod, a podcast, a movie like The Sixth Sense, which mm-hmm. was just huge. And it was because everybody that walked out of The Sixth Sense, told everybody you've got to go see this movie and a lot Mm -hmm. of them turned around and watched it again because now that they knew the the ending and i'm not going to spoil it in the rare event that you haven't seen the movie but where everybody that watched out of the lone ranger was like whatever you do i know it's johnny depp and all but this is a stinker because i saw that movie it was not great and so (laughs) you've got to make sure before you go you know having people promote your show you might want to just take a quick second and make sure it's going to resonate with your
0: audience do you ever, because you have access, obviously, to see um, ho- shows hosted on Libsyn, where you'll look at it and say, wait, they're claiming this, oh, yeah. but the numbers don't seem to line up quite right in here. Yeah,
1: when uh, when I got hired, uh, the first thing Rob told me, he goes, oh, the first thing you're going to learn, he goes, because I know you're going to do this, he goes, you're going to go in and look at Mark Marin's numbers you go look at this and that. And, and there are people like Mark Maron that like, wow, I wish I had his numbers. Uh, but there are people that say they have numbers, and then you go and look and go, mm, no, no, you don't <laughs> you're you're or my favorite is people love to quote monthly numbers like my mm. monthly numbers are great, but I'm gonna say an easy at least fifty percent if not sixty percent of my numbers in a month are downloads. I have six hundred and twenty nine episodes. It's my back catalog. It sounds right. great to say I had you know eighteen thousand downloads this month, and people go. Holy cow, 18,000, oh, let's go 20,000, 20,000 divided by 40. That guy's getting $5,000 an episode. Well, no, no, not of the four I released this, this week or this month. Mm-hmm. Half that's my back catalog. So it's fun how people um, try to make themselves sound maybe a little more uh, popular than they are.
0: Well, you brought up the 300 episode number uh, or a download number as, you know, some people complain I think Rob released some figures a while back that that's nearly double the average number of actual downloads of podcasts.
1: Not average, median. There's two. And this is where it gets, we get into like almost like a math class. The average is about, the last time I heard, I'm going to say it was around 1600. Okay. The median is a number where 50% get above it and 50% get below. And these are uh, episodes that have been out for about 40 days. And the median number is about, Around 150, 160, something like that. And and I always, when I first heard that, I'm like, oh, that can't be right. But there's like a thousand new podcasts every week. Mm -hmm. Every week. And so those are the people that are like, oh, wow, I got 12. So that guy that's getting 5,000 and the guy they're getting 12, you put those together and you're like, oh, okay. And there's just more new shows coming out, apparently. And then again, in some cases, it's, you know, three guys, one brain. Mm -hmm, Okay or, you know, things like that. So that number does, uh, and it's it's interesting because every January that takes a dive because all of a sudden it's like, all right, this is the year I'm going to do a podcast. And so they jump on board and that, that number goes down because you have all these new podcasts. And then I'm not sure what the season is, but there are times when it, it slowly inches its way back up and we'll get close to averaging about 2000 downloads. And then all of a sudden it's podcasting season and everybody starts and number goes Back down. So hopefully, as time goes on, obviously we want that number to go up and up and up. But again, if I said, you know, go talk in front of sixteen hundred people, some people would wet their pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thinking about that.
0: Well, sure. And what I worry about though is that number. I think he announced it about two years ago. And yeah, it, it seems it, like it's the it, same it thing.
1: Was at one point it was over two thousand, and then when the IAB guidelines guidelines came out a couple of years ago, and this is uh, the IAB is basically a group of every media. Company you can think of, and we all had to get together and shake hands and say kumbaya and agree on what is a download. And in the process, um, and it's interesting because everybody goes, "Well, yeah, Libsyn's number really took a no." Everybody's number took a dive. It's just when Pinecast did it, you didn't have you know, however many customers we have going. Hey, what happened to my numbers? So it wasn't a big story when these little mm-hmm. itty bitty companies did. But everybody's number. I mean, I've got the screenshots from Pinecast that say, "Hey guys." Just so you know, you know your numbers are going to take a dip here. Um, and so that's one of the things why the, the number went back down. But And my numbers did too. Everybody's did. And, uh, but since that time, my numbers have, again, been slowly creeping back up because podcasting has been growing every single year. So it's just a matter of uh, – and I always tell people, you didn't lose your audience. If I was standing next to you and uh, the IAB decided that we're going to count legs we could say, great, we have four legs. There's one, two, three, four, right there. Great. And then all of a sudden the IAB came back and said, hey, you know what? We've all agreed. We're not going to count, um, you know, listeners by legs. We're going to count them by heads. You're like, okay, uh, you have two heads. And it's like, oh, wait, I had four yesterday. Now I have to know. You didn't lose anybody. We're just changing how we count them. So it's, uh, it, it's um, it hurt. It, it, you know, it's a, it was an ego bruise, but at least now we all can agree on this and it'll be great for, for advertising in the future. And if you ever move from one host to another, uh, you've got that in play. Hopefully everybody will then be certified and it's just in the long run, it's going to be much better for the podcast industry, but it uh, definitely November of last year was not a lot of fun.
0: Your stats actually will travel with you or are they being centralized somewhere or
1: no, that won't work because Uh, In in the same way that Burger King and McDonald's both make burgers, they're not really exactly the same thing. So I always tell people if somebody wants to, you know, go from one host to another, hopefully your host allows you to export your stats so you can have them for historical purposes. But in theory, uh, a download from media host a should be the same as a download over here. So like we're now, if you're on SoundCloud, I mean, I can go out to SoundCloud and buy, you know, a thousand plays for five bucks. And I could say, oh, look at my, I've got these big numbers on SoundCloud. Well, when I come over to Libsyn or Blueberry or Spreaker or whoever, uh, you can't do that because they have systems in place to go, well, that's a bot. That's not a fake. That's not a real download. And so all Hmm. of a sudden, you know, we have people that have come over from other systems and they're like, hey, this is like, you know, 20% of what I was getting on the other system. And I'm like, yeah, the other system wasn't really a podcast host it was somebody you know that makes really pretty websites and they don't really go through all the the extra steps to make sure that that's an official download because if you want sponsors on your show you got to be able to say i have 300 people listening and they get a return of probably 300 people listening as opposed to
2: 6 <laughs>
0: so it's just got to do that i've heard somewhere that you should not see like a firefox or a browser tag in the user agent at the top, that should be somewhere way down the line. You should see like overcast and pocket and, and, and iTunes and iTunes and iTunes and iTunes and Apple podcasts, because they seem to be spread all over.
1: Yeah. If you're doing it right, if you're, if you're a person and it's the AARP podcast and nobody has smartphones and, uh, I'm totally stereotyping old people here. Uh, but um, you know, and they're all listening on a website then you're going to have Firefox and Chrome, and probably a lot of Internet Explorer in there, uh, and and things like that. Um, but in most cases, your top refer your top uh, the geeky phrases user user agent, which is basically app. You know what app is using. Usually, it's iTunes, and then it's you know Overcast or Spotify or whatever it is that people are using. But there are people that you know, I had a friend of mine once that was freaking out because all of a sudden his numbers just went through the roof, and it, some blog had found his podcast and put a link and he was, oh sweet he was getting a good thousand downloads a month from this blog post because people would find that and click through. And he's like, you know, what did I do? You know, and he was <laughs> able to uh, go in, in that case, he went into his uh, Google analytics and he could see kind of where the traffic was coming from, but he's like, oh. well, and he was able to see, Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's that page. And that page is that episode. And yep, that's the episode that's going through the roof. And sadly, the blog went away and so did his downloads. And I'm like, well, hopefully Ooh, you yeah. had some of those people that came by, stuck around for, for future
0: episodes. Yeah, that's, that's, it's really hard to convert. Um, that's something else I talked to James Cridlin about. Uh, he was saying he hates the term subscribe. Yeah. Um, and I can sort of see it, especially because it implies payment if anybody has any history. Yeah. And that intimidates people. He's encouraging that you should just want people to listen mm-hmm. and if they're smart enough, they'll subscribe. If they, you know, like it, they'll just do it. But yeah. otherwise we should push, um, listen, listen, listen.
1: Yeah. Cause that's, that's really what you want. I mean, we all want subscribers because then it's somewhat automated that it auto- automatically is going to show up on their device. But I, I, I get his point cause uh, it's that phrase comes from the days of magazines, you know, and other things, obviously. Uh, that you subscribe to and reminds me of the early days when I, when the iPod was still around and you'd say, do you listen to podcasts? And somebody would go, Oh, do I need a, do I need an iPod to listen to that? Like, no, mm-hmm. you just need a website. You know, you're good to go. So I could see where if you go, oh, subscribe to this. There's probably some people out there going, well, I don't, I don't want to pay for that. So maybe we either need to put the phrase free
0: subscription or, you know, follow maybe.
1: Yeah, that might work. Yeah. You know what? Follow might not be a bad idea either. Follow me in this app.
0: Yeah, because like that's that. kind of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, that that brings up another point. A lot of people do subscribe, and because you have downloads, I'm willing to bet that a certain percentage of them are not actually listened to, because a lot of apps download like three episodes.
1: Yeah, that's that's always a. a it's interesting how people want to hold podcasting to a a um criteria that isn't held by to any other meat. Like people's going going. Well, wait a minute, how where's my proof that somebody read my ad on page eighteen of the newspaper? Or how do I know that you saw my ad on page six of that magazine? Or how do I know how many people really listened to my ad at two PM on this station? And they're like, Oh, well, we we called a handful of people, and and those, you know, two hundred people represent two hundred thousand. You're like, wait, what? How how is that accurate? So uh Apple Podcast has a cool feature where if you download, I think it's five episodes and listen to none of them, they will stop downloading more episodes because they're like, well, obviously you're not paying attention to this person. So why waste that? So, uh, but yeah, there's always going to be that person that uh, maybe doesn't listen to it. But I think most people, at least I do, but that's just me. But it's, there is no official proof that somebody's listened to once they download it. People love to pick at that scab. And I'm like, but there's no proof that when a newspaper lands on my store or on my, you know, steps that i'm going to read it i'm like why are we holding this to this other standard
0: i guess that's where coupons and affiliations um prove out more it's like okay well who cares how many listen uh how many people use the link yeah you know how many people went there There, that's proof yeah let's segue into another thing i know you have a a lot of strong feelings about podcasting hope um hosting services
1: i get asked about them a lot
0: (laughs) (laughs) imagine that now you haven't always worked for a hosting service so no, I, I,
1: I haven't, and and that's where it's kind of like I said, it's 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 un, I guess unfortunate that people don't believe me when I say something negative about another host. Are like, well, of course you're going to say that you work for Libsyn, and so and I had this before I worked for Libsyn. I just have criteria, which is uh, number one, don't mess with my file, and what I mean by that is, you know, what I upload is what I want people to download. Uh, give me the ability to have an unlimited back catalog. In other words. Uh, you know, I can upload x amount a month, but it's it will stay there forever, basically, which is why I have over 600 episodes. Uh, don't limit my audience size because some people will do this. Some hosting will be like, okay, you can up. They'll do the opposite. You can upload as much as you want, but once you get to a certain amount of downloads, well, we're going to cut you off. And I'm like, no, that's that's a definite deal breaker. Uh, don't control my feed, uh, and and by this meaning, if I want to leave, please let me bring my audience uh, with me because you, you can kind of do, for lack of a better phrase, a change of address and say, hey, I was here, I'm over here, In the app will update that. And so uh, there are some places that will do that and some places that don't. Uh, the other thing I want is support. So if I have a question, is there somebody I can email and get a some sort of answer eventually? Uh, the other thing, and this is where people go, what? I want you to charge me for your service. And people are like, "Why? why do you want people to charge? I'm like, well... Uh, Do you remember Pod Show, or better known as Mevio, who blew through $38.8 million? Yeah, they went out of business. Why? Because they weren't charging. Padango, probably one of the most famous ones because they went out of business, I think it was a week and a half before Christmas, and said, hey, guess what? Come January, we're done. Wildvoice.com, MyPodcast.com, Audiometric.io didn't go out of business. They got purchased, but they were a free company. Uh, Opinion Podcasting, they technically didn't go out of business, but they kicked everybody off because again, there's you, you free is not a business model, so I want people to charge me for their support, and then uh number seven, give me stats so I can see what's working and um I think that's basically my main criteria of it and so recently there's this new new player
0: on the the scene called anchor, yes, I've interviewed uh, the CEO of the company actually
1: well, there you go, and they do some things that are a little number one they're free, so there's okay number one that's that's a deal breaker. Uh in fact they even put out a, a page that, like you should never pay for media hosting. And I'm like, so because the last time I've checked, um uh, media, you know, bandwidth is not free. That there's unless it's somehow, you know, find a way to extract bandwidth from the sun or something, there's there's no free bandwidth. And unless they have some really great developers who want to work for free and support people and taxes and all those other fun filled things, uh, it's it's not free. And the thing that really drives me nuts, there, there are two, but the one that really, I'm really surprised because podcasters love their stats. I mean, they, they love to check those stats. And I always tell people, looking at your stats does not make them grow, just for the record. <laughs> and, uh, but when you sign up for Anchor, and I need to go back and double check this because I had somebody go, hey, uh, when I did it, they automatically submitted my show to Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want
0: to call it they Do
1: and, yep. and somebody told me no, you have to choose that, and I'm like, not when I did it, so I might go back and create a new fake podcast.
0: Uh, no, you can do a uh, just anchor, yeah. Well, who wants that? Just anchor, um, but um, I accidentally hit the other, yeah. and all of a sudden my show was distributed in every network, yeah, um, a couple weeks ago, yeah, which was disturbing. I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna be listed twice, this is not cool. Exactly. So I went through every episode making sure to uncheck and do everything else. Yeah, it's, but it's crazy. Yes, they so, do but, automatically if you. Yeah. And the
1: fun thing is because they do that, and I'm going to put up air quotes here, for you, then you don't own your show in Apple Podcasts. Like, and mm. I heard somebody on a show say, well, when I logged in to podcastconnect.apple.com, I didn't even have any stats in the first place. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, that's because your show apparently is not very good. Because when I log into Podcast Connect, I have stats. Now, granted, not to get too crazy on Apple Stats, that's only showing people that have the latest version of Apple. And But I want to get an idea of are people tuning out. It's just that's the big right. thing I want to say. And when you let Anchor submit your show to Apple Podcasts, you do not have the ability to log in and look at your stats. Whether there's stats there or not, you don't have the ability. They own that. Now, is that a deal breaker forever? Nope, but now you're going to spend a good week at least. I The the one time I've done it, you have to contact Apple and say, hey, I want that show under my iTunes ID. They give you this code. You have to put it in your feed and then email them back. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. Anchor has to email them back because it has to come from the email uh, under that account. Well, that's Anchor mm-hmm. I would think. Uh, and it, it takes about a week back and forth with Apple. So People go, well, you can still get your thing. Yeah, but they shouldn't do that in the first place. And that just makes me feel like they don't get podcasting because there is no other media host that does that. None. Zero. So that's one that I'm like, that's not a deal breaker. The fact that they take your stats away, it's free. It's pretty. It's easy.
0: Uh, there are stats though. In fairness,
1: yeah, there are stats in anger. Yeah, but not, you can't get your Apple stats
0: to see how far people are listening. No, no, not the specific um, iTunes or Podcast Connect. I, yeah. I never want to use the right, wrong term or they might punish me and I'll never be a new and noteworthy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Apple Podcast. And so that's one. And then the other one, and this is one I kind of expect people to not care about, and that is they own your show. And I just heard somebody else say, no, they, they it says in there that you own the rights. And that is true. You own the rights. But guess what? So do they. So if you leave Anchor, they still own your show. And the the key phrase here is um, they own in. Let me find it here. It's per- perpetuity. Yeah, perpetuity, and transferable, meaning they can they own it forever and they can give it to whoever you know they want. And I was like, and, and that's where some people are like, well, are they really ever going to do? I'm like, yeah, are they probably not? But if you compare it to Blueberry. Or Libsyn, or nobody else has that in their system, and then they try to blame it on, well, this is because people can call into Anchor and leave voicemail messages, and I'm like, yeah, but it's it's still, I don't know. To me, I'm just like, all right, and I, and that's the one that I've quit arguing because people are going to read those terms and they're going to pull out the the terms that say you own a right. Because uh, in here, you hereby do and shall grant us a worldwide, non-exclusive, perpetual, royalty-free, fully paid, uh, sub-licensable, and transferable license to use, edit, modify. Um, but somewhere in here, it says you have a copy of this as well. And so, I just when I heard perpetual and transferable, I was like, yeah, that's that's not good. And no, and again, nobody else. I looked at Twitter. I looked at Facebook. I looked at Blueberry. I think YouTube's yeah. is similar. Yeah. And so... And that's why I had somebody in a Facebook group say it's very similar to Facebook. And I said, okay, but isn't that kind of like saying, Hey, you know, this dishwashing liquid is just as poisonous as those Todd pods. So, you know, it's (laughs) it's just as bad. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make it good By, by saying this is just as bad as that does not make it good. And they're like, well, you use Facebook. I don't use Facebook as a media host though. I use them as a, you know, syndication kind of, Hey, come look at my stuff and to, to grow a, connection with my audience. So that's the part I have kind of done with that point because the, the terms people can pull out the phrase they want. And so, mm-hmm. so for me, it's like, Hey, it's free. They've already burned through $14 million. They've been around for three years. And when I looked at the companies I looked at before, um, they average about 36 months. So okay. they need to come up with some sort of, um, some sort of business plan. And then uh, Rob Walsh, again, from Libsyn. So this is where people are going to go, oh, of course Rob said that. But he was approached by somebody that has an app of some sort that has a wide view of people and in, in their stats. And in other words, how many people downloaded from, in this app, are from Libsyn and Blueberry and blah, blah, blah. And he said, the people that are on Anchor, uh, we talked before where the median number was somewhere around 160. The median number on Anchor is... um zero. Like a lot of people on anchor have no audience. And so when they come out and say that, you know, we have crowdfunding, well, if there's no crowd, there's no funding. So now, is and, that the
0: app or is that um, their, their host is the what now anchor is also an app.
1: It's also an app. So yeah, this, this was a, 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 an app that has, it's basically an aggregator that has all these podcasts in it. And to me, I'm just like, I don't know. I get that. And its I, I almost hate that stat because we can't say where we got the data from because we, we cannot reveal our source, which makes people go, oh, well, that's just snake oil salesman. But mm-hmm. um, it is one of those things that people have to have a crowd to have crowdfunding work. So I'll be interested. Mm-hmm. To me, I actually applauded that because everything else they had done, like they, they are building or creating a studio in New York for people mm-hmm. to go record podcasts. And I was like, oh, great. What are they charging per hour? Oh, it's free. And I was like, that's a horrible business plan. So this is the first thing I've seen anchor that I go, okay, they're finally doing something that might bring in some revenue that I was like, that's the first thing I've agreed with that they've done because everything they've done so far has not brought in any revenue. And eventually that bandwidth is going to have to get paid by something. So I'll be interested to see how this works.
0: I think that the link you're talking about to the monetization where people could donate to the show. Yeah. Um, I think that's doubly important, not only for their customers, if you will, but also for the industry, because now Overcast is, has a, a tag that you're able to put in, so this has become an industry standard, and I, I got to give them credit for putting people's eyes on this game. Oh, let's do that.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to see how, uh, if other apps apply this, because I know Marco said he is an Overcast, because in some cases you know, it'd be nice to have it added to to just the RSS spec. If it just became part of RSS 2.0, that would be great. And then everybody could just fill in a field and it would be in everybody's thing. Because, I mean, if you look at it, Apple Podcasts, they came out with these new tags last year, November, and those still aren't being adopted. And that's kind of my worry is, is this going to be something where, you know, okay, well, you can donate to me, but you have to use Anchor or you have to use Overcast or you have, like, if, if it's not adopted by everybody... And that's where I always just say, send them to your website, you know, have it on your, web, your website. So that way it always works. But um, it's interesting. It's a step. And that's where I'm like, hopefully, if we can get some people using this, that'll put some pressure on other people to go, well, I don't want to listen in Stitcher anymore because you guys don't have this button. I don't want to listen in Castro or, you know, all these other 8 million breaker breaker now has a thing where they want to be a place where you can sell stuff. And that's, I always love the fact that I keep hearing the phrase, oh, we want to be the Netflix of podcasting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's mm-hmm. like,
1: well, Netflix took things that were hard to put together, like all these movies that are, you know, DVDs everywhere. And I, what am I going to, how am I going to watch all those? Oh, let's put them under one roof and make it easy to consume. Podcasts mm-hmm. are already in one place. They're, they're in directories. And it's like, so you're going to make it harder for me to get something that's already in one place by making me charge for it that's the part that makes me scratch my head. I'm like, it's it's really not hard to find podcasts. There's there's many, many apps with many, many podcasts. They're already in one place. All you have to do is search for them and hit play. So I'm kind of confused on the whole Netflix of podcasting kind of. much sloganism.
0: I, I yeah. think that, it, I don't know, it's trying, I'm assuming they're trying to just, get a message that'll resonate with people because they're not necessarily coming in. So maybe the, the general consumer who doesn't listen to podcasts right now will say, Hey, it's, it's like Netflix for audio Yeah, and you'll love it. You can find anything in there, just like Netflix. You can find foreign movies, everything else. Well, this is that for audio. And I, I don't know, you know, perhaps it's good. I I feel like we're in a,
1: we're in our own little tech bubble. Yeah,
0: we kind of are. And I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to, to get outside and look at it. And I, I sort of hope that maybe some of the anchors or whatever, while there are downsides, maybe their audience is not the traditional podcast audience, but it is for other people out there who may be by trying it out. Now I have mixed feelings because again, we get that whole really bad podcast problem, right? but if they bring their family in and that might be five new people who are suddenly listening to podcasts and they'll pick up this American life because they now are podcast listeners. Right. How do we get more podcast listeners? Yeah.
1: And that's where, uh, anchor is bringing in more podcasters, uh, because I help them on a weekly basis, leave anchor. Like they've, they've used anchor as like a training wheel. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if I want to do this or not. This seems easy. Okay, great. But now I want a little more control over this and I want to be able to, you know, i just, they just, they just want out for whatever reason. And so I help them move over to wherever they're moving to. Uh, so that is definitely a bonus that we, you know, people maybe that weren't going to start a podcast in the past, they thought it was too hard. Now they are. And now they're, now they're ready to you know put on their big boy pants or whatever. I think that's good. Hopefully those people then are telling their friends to listen to their show. So hopefully they're bringing in. Presumably. More. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then I heard somebody say, well, what if I just want to do a show on anchor? Okay. I just don't know most people don't want to show like if you're putting your heart and soul into your mm-hmm. content, why would you say, oh, I just want this to go to the room on the left, the people on the right and, and down the hall. No, I just want this small group of people to to consume my content. I don't think most people are mm-hmm. in that boat. So that that particular argument doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't mean it's wrong. I just I don't understand why I would purposely want a small audience only on anchor. I'm sure there's somebody out there that wants to do that. Maybe it's the anchor podcast. They're podcasting to just people on Anchor. But for me, I'm like, yeah, that's not me. I want as many people listening to my stuff in in as many places as I can find.
0: Well, to wrap everything up, I have one question. Um, I looked around at the different vendors, and there seems to be new apps all the time and a podcast movement. I see all these things, and I couldn't help but just look around and go, how many people will be here next year? Mm. Do you have any thoughts? That's going
1: to be fun. The um, I wish I had one handy. It's fun to go back to like 2006, the portable new media expo, and look at the vendors in that and go, yeah, not there, not here, didn't make it. Okay, you know, and some of them are, but a lot of them are not, and it's hard to say. That's to me again why it's interesting because I, I I'm starting to run into this. It's not ageism, but I hear people talk about, well, you know, Blueberry and Lipson, you know, they're the old mm-hmm. guard, and I'm like. Yeah, but they're also the people that have figured out how to do this as a business and stay in mm-hmm. business. Like, isn't that what you want? And and that and I understand this the flip side of that is well, then, you know, in the same way that Walmart is not always great for the economy because it squashes little mm-hmm. businesses. So, you know, on one hand I'm like, Well, hey, you know, let's somebody come up with something new and better, by all means. So but I'm just not sure. I'm confident in putting my content in that. I'll let somebody else be the experiment. I'm not going to do that. I would rather put mine in a, uh, I mean, that's my first podcast was on pod show. Um, they went out oh. of business. My second podcast, the school of podcasting, I put on Lipson and there was a reason for that. So, because at that point I had learned that free media hosting, it's not really free and it doesn't last. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I see a lot of uh, the other thing that's popping up are audio editors over 10 years ago the geeks were the first people to really get into podcasting because you had to be a geek to figure out how to get a podcast onto mm-hmm. your phone. And so they were also very happy to edit their own audio. Now people come in and they're kind of following almost like the NPR path. They want to just record the content, hand it off to a team and let mm-hmm. them do everything. And in the past, most people were like, I can't afford that. And now you have p- people and businesses in some cases they are like, well, I might be able to afford some of that and they're handing it off to, you know, an editor or somebody like that and then they'll, they'll pick it up from there. So that's something else that's changed, but more and more companies now are audio editing and show notes. Everybody mm-hmm. loves show notes. So if you can find somebody to do your show notes for the cheap, send them on over cuz <laughs> I'm Sign me sorry. up. Uh. Yeah, so it'll be fun to watch. I I think as it just goes along, the whole industry will continue to grow and some things will stick
0: around and some won't. Well, that's awesome. Not Dave, um I, I have to limit you. Everybody else I can just say where can they find you? But if I ask you that you could probably go on for 25 minutes.
1: Yeah, uh my main <laughs> website schoolofpodcasting.com. If you want another one, I'll limit myself <laughs> to two. uh powerofpodcasting.com has most of my shows on that uh that's that's quote my network which
0: just means a page where Dave lists all his cool. And you're up. on uh, Twitter as Dave Jackson.
1: At yep, Dave Jackson is my Twitter uh i have an instagram i think it's school of podcasting but i think i've made four whole (laughs) posts over there it's just one of those things where you know all the social media stuff after a while it's like look i i do i I do twitter poorly facebook is my main one and people again will point at me and go that's because you're old (laughs) grandpa get on instagram would you well hey thanks
0: so much for coming on man
1: oh thanks for having me this has been great
2: Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to a Mr. fish Hayes?
0: surrounded by sharks? A secretary cursed by desire and ambition. Introducing The Diarist by Donna Barrow Green. The Diarist, an addictive psychological thriller, satirical, suspenseful, and full of twists. Available
2: on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe, I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea. I do notice you. I like that blouse on you. Very much. You look very pretty, just as you are right now. Oh. Well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I repeated his words in my mind. I notice you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea the daughter, the wife, the secretary. Not even Andrea the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader. podcast fans i'm rachel host of we're all mad here a new podcast about the history of mental health do you love history do you love creepy stories of abandoned hospitals how about questionable medical procedures we're covering it all not only will we sneak around in old asylums we'll talk about the patients that stayed there and what their lives were like we're covering disorders cures and living life with mental illness So come join us on We're All Mad here at allmadpod.com because the history of mental illness is insane.